Welcome to today's episode of Juice in the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Hill. And welcome back to the show. We missed a few, but we're back and still going. Uh, it is uh, February 22nd, 640-something here on the East Coast. Uh, and we have yet to talk about the... NFL Super Bowl, as it has been quite some time since we recorded, but we'll get into the Super Bowl talk, and now that the NFL season is officially over and all the awards have been announced and the Super Bowl results are in, we can also go over our preseason bowl predictions and see how we did. So, uh, Corwin, are you ready to get started? Aye, aye, Captain. All right, well then let's start with the um, Super Bowl breakdown. Uh Super Bowl was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Chiefs came out on top 38 to 35. In uh, what was a pretty tight game, Philly leading the game at halftime, uh, 24 to 14. And then the Chiefs come rearing back, outscoring the uh, Eagles uh, by uh, 24 to uh, 11 in the second half to, well, take the game uh the respective quarterback performances patrick mahomes 21 of 27 182 yards not a big day in the air uh three touchdowns no interceptions a quarterback rating of 131.8 so good 44 yards on the ground uh jalen hurts 27 for 38 304 yards a touchdown, no interceptions, took two sacks, but just for two yards, a 103.4 quarterback rating, and 15 rushing attempts for 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. However, he also fumbled the ball once, which resulted in a lost fumble. So, Corwin, tell me what you thought about the game. Uh, boy, it's so long ago. I feel like we're doing the movies podcast and... It's been weeks since we last seen it. Uh, Check out Juice in the Big weeks. Screen if you like listen to podcasts hey. about movies. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a very competitive, enjoyable game that I, I don't think the game was decided by and correctly called holding. Um, it was just two really good offenses going back and forth and making two very good defenses look silly, which frankly is really funny. Um, Those are very enjoyable games. They're exciting to watch. Um, You didn't do anything special for the Super Bowl, right? No. Yeah, I didn't either. And that was awesome. That was one of the highlights of the day. Not having to do anything special. I think we should do that more. Yeah, it was a super fun game. I also don't get people making it out to be an egregious penalty. It might be like a little bit ticky-tacky, a little bit, but I mean, oh my God, it's not a big deal. And like, let's be real. I saw some people saying like, oh, well, you know, if uh, the time was back on the clock and, uh, and, uh, the Eagles got the ball back with a minute 50 
then, you know, maybe Jalen Hurts goes down the field really quick. They could get a field goal themselves. It's like you're supposing so many things need to happen for the Eagles to come back. Not to say that it couldn't, but also we're talking about a relatively small amount of time, a big amount of time for within two minutes, I understand. But a small amount of time in a game that, well, it was it was probably going to end up like this no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. penalties are part of the game. It was a little bit ticky-tacky, but we see this type of shit all the time. It's not egregious. I get it happened at the end of the game, so there's some extra meaning ascribed to it, but I didn't think it was that crazy when it got called in the first... Like, I didn't watch the game and it was like, oh, this will be news tomorrow. And then it was. Um, I knew it was going to be like a big deal in my office because it's in Delco and... Of course, a penalty to close out the game is a huge deal. You know, uh, just look at the Bengals AFC Championship game. Um, but honestly, it was almost not talked about. Like it, it was surprisingly low key as far as blame, be, blame being passed around, and that's how it should be. I mean, at the end of the day, the correct call. You could call this ticky tack bullshit on you know, any flag or any non-flag you could possibly imagine. Um, And every game has a hundred opportunities for your team to get an edge, make a big play, miss a big play. You can't be counting individual ones and say the entire game fell on that because it almost never does. And it's funny because it's like, what do you think had a bigger impact on the game? The questionable which is being so gentle the questionable or sorry being it doesn't matter uh holding call or the fumble lost by jalen hurts return for a touchdown <laughs> like uh i don't know which one do you think is the the bigger sticking point in that game i would like to argue it was the one that put a ton of points on the board and prevented you from scoring points yeah and and yet Look, this is not a pro ref standpoint that I have here, but if we're talking about giant moments, individual moments that had catastrophic results for the Eagles in that game, the holding call that the refs made is like one millionth of the impact of the Jalen Hurts stupid ass fumble lost for a touchdown. That happened at the uh, at the end of the second half. I think it was the end of the second half. Like mm-hmm. it's it's dumb. If you're choosing to focus on the holding penalty, you're a fucking loser. You're an absolute loser. That's all there is to it. Frankly, you might be a loser anyway. Yeah, just... I mean, it's also it's like it's not constructive. You know what I mean? It, it, th- those types of conversations are only constructive if, like, otherwise both teams played flawless football, and there weren't other things for you to focus on and be like well they they did this wrong you know what i mean like if neither team does anything egregiously wrong there's no it's mis- truly a mistake free football or any sport which is so rare then yes looking at the rest is going to be much more uh highly scrutinized because it's like well there's nothing else to differentiate of the two sides outside of performance which oh god performance um so maybe you look at it like that, but it's like the, the, there's fumbles like Jalen Hurts took two sacks, you know, like, like 
I'm not trying to say the Eagles did all this shit wrong, but like, you know, there's third downs you don't convert. You know what I mean? Like, like there's other things that go wrong in a game that you lose other than just one bad call on a ref. And this one, uh, this is not the one, my friends. This is not the one. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Anywho, the, the game broke down as such. Um, Philly got more first downs than the Chiefs, 25 to 21. Uh, they fell short despite the 70 rushing yards of Jalen Hurts. Nobody else on the team rushed for more than 21 yards. And as a result of that, despite 70 yards of ground um, of rushing from the quarterback, the team only put together 115 total rushing yards, which fell shy of the Kansas City 158. And Kansas City, it feels like, played that clock beautifully. Um, we'll get to that in a moment, though. Uh, obviously, the Eagles outdid the uh, Chiefs in terms of passing yards, um, 302 versus one. 82 and total yards they actually beat them out 417 to, to 340 so really it looks like philly's like all over this 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 john uh and the big one really is the time of possession philly i know okay. philly 30 30 35 minutes and 47 seconds to the to the chiefs 24 minutes 13 seconds 11 minutes basically more time of possession uh which is insane to consider but that's why I'm saying I think the Chiefs did a good job where they could because the the main difference is that the, the Eagles' drives were so long. Uh, like they had they had a seven-minute drive, seven minutes and 45-second drive resulting in a touchdown. It's insane. Um, that level of... Sorry, resulting in a field goal, I should say. It's my mistake. Regardless, but that level of time of possession is unfucking believable. And sorry, there's actually two seven minute drives. One went for a touchdown, one for a field goal. I was right both times. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm saying is so impressive on on the part of the the Chiefs, right? Because in the first half, they only had the one touchdown drive from offense. They had another touchdown as a result of uh, the the scoop and score. And their drives were, were pretty short. The second half, when they actually have the ball, like first half, no, the longest drive is three minutes and 12 seconds. The second half, they don't have a drive shorter than that outside of a 49-second um, five-yard touchdown drive. <laughs> outside of that, their drives are five minutes and 30 seconds, four minutes and 41 seconds, five minutes and seven seconds. It's exactly what you want to see. We we don't have possession of, or we don't have the lead. Our drives are short and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get downfield. They only score one touchdown on offense, but still they're trying to get the ball moving. Time is not our friend. We have the lead. These drives are long, baby. <laughs> these drives, these drives are taking forever. This is a drive with nowhere to go. We were hanging out. And it's it. I know it's been talked about, and by every old white man you have ever met and you watch football with. But oh, you control the ball, you control time of possession, you don't let them come back and win the game, and you're golden. And there are things to be said about the pros and cons of that. 
quote unquote archaic strategy, but it has its merits. Philly was ne- never able to, you know, get their feet underneath them and and get a groove on offensively in the second half after looking incredibly good in the first. And you know, being able to have Patrick Mahomes, who is always going to be a threat no matter how much or how little he's throwing the ball, uh, and having a guy like Isaiah Pacheco run like someone told him if he doesn't get a first down, they're going to shoot his dog on every play, is really helpful. He ran incredibly angry. Oh, yeah. Him, I mean, the... the plus the scoop and score, plus the Kadarius Tony 95-yard kickoff return when it... I mean, when it when it was so out of nowhere, Kadarius Tony has been a non-factor to such a degree he got kicked off of his team and traded over to the Chiefs, coming out of absolutely the fuck nowhere when the Chiefs needed it most to get a that was the five yard touchdown. It was it was that ridiculous. I return. thought, and like usually you see massive returns and it's like oh going going gone and like someone you know just manages to to knock him out of bounds or trip him up or anything. I thought he was going to get tackled like six different times. I know it was, I mean, cause especially cause it's one of those, I love the returns when they start going somewhere and they get kind of like pushed out by a scrum. And so they have to backpedal and then mm-hmm. everyone's still on like the left side of the field. They work their way up to the right side everyone's of the field. Everyone's mad and in strategy. Yes, exactly. The, the Michael Vick 06 strategy, just, oh, yeah. yep, yep, just going to run backwards until everyone follows, and then up the other side, because I'm too fast. um So cool. And he had blockers. Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, Jalen Hurts played a fucking game, though, didn't he? Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed watching him play this season, and I watched the Eagles way more than I thought I was going to watch, um, you know, another team, because... I like my team. I want to watch them. I don't really give a shit about anyone else. Um, he's he's a dude. He has the same, same mentality he's had since he was a you know sophomore at Alabama. And uh, I don't care what deficiencies he has, you know, with his arm accuracy, any any issues he had coming out of college. Um, when you have that mentality of like, I'm going to work myself to death to get better and we'll leave my body on the fields in order to win a football game. Um, you can improve quite a bit and become very good at what you do. And it's fucking insane how we're seeing him explode. Um, eerily similar to the Josh Allen change or in growth without you know, Brian Dable at offensive coordinator kind of being the catalyst of that. Um, the OC of the he, Eagles did just go somewhere else, though, right? He did. He did. Which I was Cardinals just going to say. Guy, is, right? uh, no, the Cardinals got the defensive coordinator. The Colts got the offensive coordinator. Colts, gotcha. Um, so a lot of question marks about how that will all piece together. You know, Sirianni is... Ooh, I, I'm like 90% certain he's an offensive guy. Like he was Frank Reich's guy, I think. Um, regardless, there'll be some changes. But um, I, he's a dude. He's going to be the dude for the Eagles for a while. And 
man, what a fucking baller move by Howie Roseman to have a guy draft a guy like Carson Wentz second overall. Have him all like basically have the MVP fall between his fingers because of injury. Go to a Super Bowl with a backup, win the Super Bowl, still have that guy and decide, no, not sold on him. We're going to hedge, get ourselves, you know, Jalen Hurts in the second round, backup quarterback early. We've talked that to it. We have talked it to death with the Packers, how that has completely failed that team, uh, wasting a first round pick on Jordan Love. But goddamn, it was a baller move that has worked out beautifully for them. Um, it's such an interesting series of, of events, too, because that was, I remember that summer so specifically because it, that was the whole question was do the Eagles trade Carson Wentz and rock with Nick Foles? Do they draft a quarterback or do they well let Nick Foles walk? What's up? I don't think like I could be very wrong. My memory is not good. I don't even remember them having draft a quarterback being like one of the options. It was like, all right, do we go back to Wentz or do we stick with Foles who just won us a Super Bowl? Well, so what I remember the reason for drafting a quarterback was was just because they needed um they needed a backup then. Because the the whole conversation was if you keep Foles, very fair. Yeah. Then you have to start him, right? But if you don't keep Foles and you uh if you don't basically if you don't want to keep Foles, you need to have a backup guy who's your backup guy draft somebody. Right. And so it's almost like they 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 like force themselves into such a great position by mistake mm-hmm. of kind of ne- needing to take uh not Jordan Love. Um Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Oh my god, I'm so bad with names. Uh and then hold the trigger on being like, yeah, you know what? Carson uh fuck you we're not gonna hang around this is you're you're not making it rock here uh fucking beat it and proving to be just the absolute right decision which is those tough choices it's one of those things where like look looking back it's ridiculous it was ever a question Mm -hmm. between the two of them what a great position to be in right if the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl that year, I don't think they would have. I think they would have been able to, you know, one resign Nick Foles for a relatively cheap deal, and I don't think they would have kind of been forced into seeing the value of having a top tier backup quarterback. So I don't think they would have drafted Jalen Hurts, you know, a guy that you know they believed in, but didn't necessarily need in the second round. I don't think they would have drafted him that high. I think they would have gone like the the Cowboys route with Tony Romo, gotten like a flyer in like the sixth round, like a Dak Prescott or, or any of the late round guys that teams take, you know, lottery picks on every year. Um, but because, hey, a backup, we lost our starting quarterback. A backup was able to bring this very good, complete team to the Super Bowl. That's a very valuable position to have with a guy returning from injury. Let's take advantage of, you know, this lesson we learned. What a different world this would be in, because I don't think there's any chance that the Eagles go to the Super Bowl this year without 
Jalen Hurts specifically at, at quarterback. So I wanted to look it up because I'm I was pretty sure I was starting to confuse myself on the uh the timeline of events. Yeah, we we are definitely wrong about when when all of these series of events happened. Because Nick Foles, sure. his last season with the Eagles was 2018. Right, Jalen Hurts was drafted in 2020. Okay. So, um, and they won the Super Bowl in 2017, hey, right? Hey, 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 cut this part. Let the no, no, we, right. have to, we, have to, we have to leave this because <laughs> we are so like <laughs> catastrophically wrong. So here's how here's how the series of events went. Carson Wentz drafted in 2016, plays 2016, is fine. 2017 finished third in MVP voting, Pro Bowl, second team All Pro. Um, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. 2017 Super Bowl champions. 2018. Wentz only plays 11 games because he gets hurt again. And that's the year Nick Foles was still on the team and played in five games. And the okay. Eagles end up going nine and seven, um, go to the playoffs, win the wild card, lose the divisional round against the Saints. Sure. Okay. Okay. Then 2019, Wentz plays a full season. Wins comeback play, sorry, finishes fifth in comeback player of the year voting. This is such recent history. I can't believe we've already forgotten it. Um, it's because it's, it's Carson Wentz and he is banished from the league. And it's the Eagles, and they are weird. This is the year that Josh McCown served as the backup for the Eagles. Then 2020 comes along. They draft um, Jalen Hurts that season before that season starts. I know that because Carson Wentz gets hurt again. In 2020, he he plays in 12 games, goes three eight and one, and that's that's Jalen Hurts' first season starting any games. He starts four games, ends up playing in 15 games, starts four of them, um, goes like one and three. It's like a whatever year. Who cares? It wasn't really the starter. And then in 2021 was his first year starting, and 2021 was the year that Nick Foles was in Indianapolis. So everything we said was, for the most part, correct with just the added caveat of they did actually have two years of watching Wentz not be able to get it done and kind of regress. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm, I'm realizing trigger on that. is like we really condensed down how much the Eagles tried to make Wentz work and how yeah. much doubt there was because that 2019 season – where Wentz played the full year and finished fifth and and comeback player of the year voting, the Eagles won the NFC East, which I also do not remember. Yeah, he was really good that year and has been fucking like really bad every other year. It's it's a weird year because, again, it's like it's not that he was really good in 2020 or sorry, 2019. Actually, sorry, no. He was, he was, you know. I'll take that back. I was looking at 2020, 2019. Yeah, it, uh, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, uh, tied for his career low in interceptions, and tied for uh, second career high in, in touchdowns. Like 4,000 yards, the highest of his career. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was a really solid season for him. And then the next year, he th- is 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 50 sacks. 
for 326 yards of sacks. Just brutal year. Yeah, that's not good. Um, Man, everything I've heard uh, from the post-Super Bowl era of Carson Wentz, wherever he goes, man just does not take the coaching. Just refuses to be coached. Um, Which is a shame. Man, he, like, 2019, good year. 2017, great year. But... Man, that, that 2020 year in Philly was fucking bad. I remember him being worse in Indianapolis than what the numbers No, because that, that was the whole thing was like Indy like propped him up and he wasn't like good. He threw a lot of very clutch interceptions of the ones that he had. But yeah, and then he, you know, cost him. I Man, think he was really bad in their playoff game. I don't think I've ever seen a guy with a 27 and seven touchdown to interception ratio, which is by all means, a positive and one I would happily take. And go two. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. They went nine and eight. I saw that his number was two and that he played in 17 games. I was like, wow, they went two and 17. That's hard to do. You only well, I mean, play 16 games back then. What's hard to do off. is to have your quarterback have 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and go nine and eight. Yeah. Whatever, man. Carson Wentz, enjoy not being in the NFL for a while. Um, so the future of the Eagles looking good. Yes, very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually really what sure really what else there is to say. They have to keep staving off the Cowboys, which I don't think is going to be a huge task. Um, the Giants, I also don't think is going to be a huge thing they have to fight up against. Um, hey, maybe the commanders are better this year, but by how much is a huge question. So I would think the Eagles should be favorites to win the NFC East again next season. Maybe not as commandingly. Maybe they don't go 13 and four again or 14 and three, whatever goofy ass shit their record was. But I'd imagine they're favorites to win the NFC East again next year. Uh, yeah, hard to imagine them 14 games, but. The Chiefs. By all means. The Chiefs uh, won the Super Bowl. They have been the most annoying winners I think I've ever seen, which I wasn't expecting. I was not prepared for this. I was not prepared for the Chiefs to manufacture the narrative of no one believed in us and this was a building year. I've never heard. Don't even even say the Chiefs. It's only been Travis Kelsey, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, I get to a certain degree you have to operate under a chip on shoulder mindset to maybe get yourself going but dude no no find a new chip man no one said you guys weren't going to be super bowl favorites no one said this was a rebuilding year for your team nobody nobody you were favorites to be in the super bowl all year yes of course i really enjoyed the interview that he first uh broached the subject uh right after they won the super bowl and the second he says it comes into Patrick Mahomes interview and, and, and says it in front of the camera, the reaction that Pat Mahomes has is like, Jesus Christ, dude, do you just fucking say that? Are you kidding me? It's so Very dumb. Nice. 
it's so it's it's like Harry Styles got roasted real hard, very deservedly so, when he won Record of the Year, Album of the Year at the Grammys, being like, "This stuff doesn't happen to guys like me," and everyone's like, "It happens exclusively to guys like you. You're a straight white man who won a Grammy of the Year, Record of the Year for for a, a, a pop album, a very plaintive pop album." And it's like the same exact kind of like, fuck are you talking about? You have made up a narrative to make yourself sound like you've overcome something applies to the Travis Kelsey thing. It's like, dude, this is not only incorrect. It's the most annoying way to be wrong. No one doubted you at all. I, I don't losing would have been a disappointment. I don't listen to the podcast he has with his brother, but I really hope you put him in his place. Oh like, yeah! Dude, shut the fuck up. Also, I mean, dude, you have a you have the only five hundred million dollar player in I think American pro sports, like of the major, the four major leagues. Shut the shut the fuck up! It's a rebuilding year. You know what rebuilding looks like? The Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> okay, rebuilding is not having the most expensive player in American pro sports, and the expectations to go to the Super Bowl. Or to go to your league's championship game, like fuck out of here. It really, it really bothered me, as you can tell. Um, but otherwise, uh, the Chiefs are in a good spot. Um, Eric Bieniemy is now gone, which is going to be a whole broader discussion. Um, but how do you feel about them get heading into next year? I mean, Andy Reid is still. The guy calling plays, he's still, you know, it's still his offensive system. I I don't expect a major, you know, the Chiefs are going to be able to have a, a replacement there for the enemy. Um, they're going to draft a bunch of young guys on defense. By all means, I'll be sick. Uh, need guys on defense. I am really curious to see if they draft a wide receiver. Round two, round, late round one, maybe. Um, just because the mix of Kadarius, Tony, Juju, and I guess Nicole Hardman's their number three is a lot of guys that, you know, Juju's a fine number two. Nicole has never been anything. Uh, and Kadarius, Tony probably could bud and grow into a number one if, you know, Patrick Mahomes is throwing him 15 passes a game and he's on the field for a full game, but he's never done that for any period of time in his career. So I don't know how much you can trust him. A wide receiver room of a first or second round pick in a, a relatively good draft class with uh Kadarius Tony, excuse me, at number two, and Juju at number three, with Kelsey at tight end being your number one option, regardless, is an unbeatable offense. And I don't think your defense matters. So, as always, I'm excited for draft season. Yeah. And also, also shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, offensive line, who did a phenomenal job in the Super Bowl. I mean, the defense of the Eagles was one of the big things that we talked about heading up against the uh, the power of the Chiefs offense. And one of the biggest stats that stands out is the fact that, yeah, Jalen Hurts got sacked twice, which is, yeah, is what it is. Mahomes didn't get touched. Didn't get sacked, I should say, once. Didn't get sacked once, 
which is an even bigger deal when you know that he's playing on a bum ankle. Like the Chiefs asked their offensive line to step up, and the Chiefs' offensive line fucking stepped up. Mm-hmm. That's a I really mean, good group to have next year. It's wild how last year, two years ago, I guess it was now. The worst um, offensive line of football. Yeah. And in pretty much a, that first year, they turned it over a ton and it made a huge difference. Now it's, you know, one of their team strong points. And that team is very good. They have a lot of strong points. I mean, nine blitzes. Patrick Mahomes was blitzed nine times, hit, hit only five times, hurried twice, and scrambled three times. I mean, great. Great. And the thing, the Eagles did a really solid job with their O-line, too. Uh, 15 blitzes. Hertz got hit only twice. I guess both those were his sacks. Uh, hurried five times, scrambled twice. So, like, that's pretty good. But even then, like, the sacks really stand out, you know? It's just, uh, it's nuts. So nuts. The combined drops between both teams' wide receiver cores won a single drop pass between both teams, which is just fucking crazy. Um, Shout-outs to Quez Watkins of the Eagles. Quez Watkins was targeted twice. One reception for eight yards. The other was a dropped pass. Sorry, Quez. Um, Drop pass. That was a for sure touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. But uh, yeah, them's the breaks. I, I want to make sure we get to our bowl predictions wrap up. So, anything else to say about the Super Bowl halftime show thoughts? Uh, Rihanna. For being pregnant, I thought it was a great show. Um, I'm upset you didn't bring anyone else out there. I thought a Jay-Z appearance would have been really cool. Can't really name anyone else you've been, you know, you would have a bunch of features with. So just Jay-Z. I was hoping for Jay-Z. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough because it's not fair to her. I had the same thought. But I, my immediate thought after that was like, well, I love Rihanna. So, like, I'm not, like, that bummed, but it's tough when it's the Super Bowl halftime show and, like, that's what everyone kind of does. So it's not even expectation because, like, you'd expect Rihanna specifically to bring somebody out. But it's just, like, everybody always now brings someone out that's never just the performer. So it, it did feel, like, weirdly light in that way. But Rihanna fucking kid. What I love about Rihanna, one is everything. And number two is she didn't move too much because she was pregnant and it like didn't matter because she has such a stage presence. Like she was just standing there looking half disinterested. And I'm like, this is the best. I love you. Oh my God. Um, Our our buddy Matt was over uh, watching the game with me. Boy, I don't think either of us made like a single comment during the entire halftime show. It was just like, yeah, we're just going to watch Rihanna. I don't really give a shit about anything else going on. She is so effortlessly cool. Like, so effortlessly cool. I love her. Uh, Non sequitur. um, There is these two guys that work at my company, uh, roughly our age, uh, twins. One of the twins just got married this past year. And his wife, his incredibly Caucasian wife, is named Rihanna. Yes, that's the cultural impact. I I wish it was, 
she's like 27, 28, 29. There's no way, like, Rihanna wasn't around when she was born. That's just a beautiful coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Rihanna, uh, 27 years ago, was eight years old. So, yeah, no chance. Damn. And also in Barbados? Um, she... She is Barbadian, but I don't know when she uh when she left. Doesn't matter. Oh five was her first record, by the way. Music of the Sun. Um She's fucking cool, man. Robin Rihanna Fenty. Robin Fenty. The real name. You know her first name was Robin. Thought it was Rihanna. No, middle name. Middle name Rihanna. First name Robin. Anywho. Uh, bold predictions. Corwin, do you want to start with awards or do you want me to start on the awards? Uh, you can you can start. All right. So on the awards, let's start with uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year. I, I decided this year I wasn't going to pick any Jets for anything <laughs> because I always pick Jets for something and there's never Jets. It's no Jets, never any Jets. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to pick no Jets. This time it's Jets. Sometimes it's Jets. <laughs> and this time it was Jets. Um, and so offensive rookie of the year, I picked Jahan Dotson. Uh, the actual winner love was... The pick. Huh? I'm just saying uh, I love the pick. He went to Penn State. Ah, uh, I see. Yes, he apparently did also go to Penn State. And he is a Jersey boy. Uh, Ped- Petty? Pedal? Petty school, which I've never heard of before, but it's apparently in New Jersey. Um, yeah, he uh, 61 targets, 35 receptions, not great. Uh, 523 yards, seven touchdowns. He did fine. Um, but playing in Washington, uh, obviously, you hurts. Carson Wentz throwing on the ball. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that he didn't say a chance. Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson won this award. Uh, who'd you have? Good for him. I had Drake London. Uh, I think he finished top five. I, I didn't pull the, the voting up. Uh, he didn't win it. He had Marcus Mariota throwing on the ball, so tough. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Uh, it's always tough picking those kinds of dudes. Um, good potential hyped up young players going to teams with bad other personnel. That's that's the tough part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't think to pull up. Um, the actual voting. So just to do that, um, yeah, Jahan Dotson did not finish in the top 10. And and your pick was, sorry, who again? Uh, Drake London. Did not finish in the top 10. The top 10 super duper quick was Gary Wilson, who won. And then uh, Kenneth Walker third, Brock Purdy, Chris Olavi, Tyler Algi- Algier, uh, Algier, Kenny Pickett. I don't know. Tyler Linderbaum, Christian Watson, Damian Pierce, and Isaiah Pacheco. There was a big debate as to whether or not this should have gone to Brock Purdy, which I think if you picked Brock Purdy, you're kind of a fucking loser. So, um, yeah, get fucked. If you're Brock Purdy, if you voted for Brock Purdy, you buy all of your clothes off of Instagram ads. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I like that. That's funny. That's a good insult. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw a guy at Merck today on site that is wearing a sweater that I keep seeing fucking advertised to me. And actually today was the second time I've seen him on campus. 
both times he was wearing that sweater. And it really pisses me off. Because it's by all means a very nice sweater, but it's like, I know you saw that 60 times and then we're like, fuck it, I'm buying it. And it's now the only sweater you own. It admittedly, I have also done this. Not with sweaters I specifically. Have too. I, I did with like t-shirts. I've done it with like some cookware products and stuff. Like there's some things in my kitchen that I don't use that I like was like, I'm gonna buy this just to make this ad go away. <laughs> You've worn me down, Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. You've worn me down. Um, <laughs> all right, defensive player of the year. Again, I did not pick Jets because I figured it's never Jets, and this time it was Jets. Um, I picked Kayvon Thibodeau, who finished fourth in voting for a um, defensive rookie of the year. It was, in fact, Sauce Gardner of the Jets. 46 out of 50 first-place votes for Sauce Gardner. Uh, who did you have? I had Sauce Gardner. That's right. Corey Heller picked Sauce Gardner, which was the smart money bet. Um, Sauce Gardner. I picked Sauce Gardner, and I even went above and beyond and said he's going to make the all-pro team. I have it written in here that I I think he did. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, Yes, first team all-pro. Corwin is so smart. We will be rescinding that statement by the end of this episode. Uh, the top six for defensive rookie of the year, because there was only six, Sauce Gardner, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Tariq Woolen, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jalen Petra, and Sam Williams as the full rundown. Petra. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, offensive player. Oh, wait, is there? We do this every year. Um, yes, there is. AP Offensive Player of the Year voting. So, a, a, a Offensive Player of the Year, I put Cooper Cup. Um, M- Mr. Cup, uh, not here, not in the top twelve. Uh, Justin Jefferson, different wide receiver, won this award. Uh, who did you have, Mr. Heller? I had Mr. Stephon Diggs. Stefan Diggs also not here in the top 12. We did bad. We had 12 opportunities to claim partial credit on this one. We both fucked it up. Um, offensive player of the year was Justin Jefferson, who had 1,800 yards, um, eight touchdowns. Um, it's, a whole, it's a whole bunch of them. It's a whole bunch of the yards and the touchdowns. Um, the top 12 was Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Tyreek Hill, Josh Jacobs, Travis Kelsey, Tr- Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Austin Eckler, A.J. Brown, and Derek Henry. It's your full top 12. Uh, defensive player of the year, I had picked Miles Garrett. Uh, I do get partial credit. He finished fifth, but uh, the winner this year was Nick Bosa. Corwin, who did you have? Uh, I wrote down that it should be Minka Fitzpatrick, but it would never go to a safety. Uh, and then I put Micah Parsons. Well, you get two close, forms of partial credit. Yeah, because M- Minka Fitzpatrick finished 10th with one vote point. And uh, Micah Parsons finished second with 101 vote points. Uh, so the top 10 was Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons, followed by Chris Jones, Hassan Reddick, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Quentin Williams, Sauce Gardner, Matt Judon, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, that multiple brings us to most jets, uh, multiple jets. Sometimes it's jets. It's not always jets. It's almost never jets, but sometimes it's jets. 
Boy, Matt, does it feel so, so many chess players we've talked about. Offensive rookie of the year, two guys. Defensive rookie of the year, won it, all pro. Defensive player of the year, multiple guys. The Jets must have had an amazing season. If you remove the quarterback position from the equation, we did. It's the least important position. It doesn't matter. Barely factors in. It's a long snapper. Uh, if you call passing, snapping. Uh, and that brings us to AL NFL MVP voting. Uh, I had Patrick Mahomes. Corbin, who'd you have? I had uh, I thought you had Patrick Josh Mahomes, Allen. too. Oh, okay. Yeah, get fucked. Because it was Patrick Mahomes. P. Dizzy Mahomes. Um, easy bet. Easy money. It was easy money. It was easy peasy money that I cash in on. Uh, Patrick Mahomes finished first. Jalen Hurts second. Josh Allen, a lowly third place, barely made the rankings. Uh, followed by Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Nick Bosa, Trevor Lawrence, Micah Parsons, AJ Brown, Justin Fields, Derek Henry, Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, Geno Smith, and Tua Tagovailoa. That's your whole top 15 for MVP. But Josh got it right. Uh, here's yeah. a category I definitely did not get right, and that is Coach of the Year. And I definitely didn't get Coach of the Year right because I picked Todd Bowles. Oh man, I picked Todd Bowles. I recall, what? I recall why I picked Todd Bowles because the Bucks are coming off a Super Bowl win. It's the it was the same team, and Bowles could just draft off of the success that the team had last season. Got Tom Brady at the helm. You know, Bruce Arians got a ton of credit, which he deserved, but also the roster was really good. So theoretically, there wasn't a lot Bowles needed to come in and do himself. And I he'd shown that he was a competent coach from his performance as a, a defensive coordinator underneath Arians. So it seemed like primed for him to get a, a second, a good second chance at being a head coach. And boy, how did he fuck it up? Uh, so, yeah, definitely not Todd Bowles. It was Brian Dable. Who did you have? Uh, I had Dan Campbell. Who finished seventh. Todd Bowles did not finish in the top ten. The top ten was Brian Dable, who won, uh, though it was relatively close. Kyle Shanahan finished second, followed by Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott, Nick Sirianni, Kevin O'Connell, Dan Campbell, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, and Mike Tomlin, rounding out the top ten. Good point. That brings us to our last award, Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, I had gone with Saquon Barkley as he was coming back from injury. Thought the Giants would be better, uh, which proved to be a good pick. He finished third. But part of Comeback Player of the Year is that sometimes it is unpredictable, and the NFL's rules around who is a comeback player is often sometimes dodgy. And the player who won wasn't hurt last year or anything. He just kind of decided to be good. And that was Geno Smith. Um, Corwin, who did you have? Uh, I went with a man who only played in three games, Mr. Jameis Winston. He could win it next year. I guess he would be win eligible it for year. it next year. Yeah, so you can recycle that pick uh, when we do this again in like five months. Uh, yeah, so Geno Smith won by no close margin. It was then followed by Christian McCaffrey. Then Saquon Barkley, Brandon Graham, Nick Gates, Jared Goff, Chris Godwin, J.J. Watt, who is now retired, Derek Henry, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Jones, Damar Hamlin, Danielle Hunter, Trevor Lawrence, Jarek McKinnon, and David Ojabo. Do you think 
do you think Damar Hamlin, who got one one point vote, so probably like a fifth place vote, or I forget how big the ballots are. It's it's he basically got a fifth place vote. He got the the lowest vote you can give on place. the ballot, and he got one of them essentially. Because this does happen at the end of the season, do you think he got it for living? Uh, yeah. Because uh, he never played another played snap in the season. Yeah, yeah, but he... But, he uh, there, there's no other way he could have gotten the award, so... It would that's what I'm to. saying. I think he got a vote just for not dying. Which, I my first reaction when I saw it was, uh, why? And then I gave it a second thought, and it's like, well... Yeah, that's pretty sick. Like, that's not something people always do, so... I was going to say, I actually really kind of like it, because if you think about it, not dying is probably the most important thing you can do on a football field. Yeah. Yeah, and so, especially... Yeah, it's like, been a while since anyone was close, so... Fuck. I mean, like, if you think yeah. about it, what's going to accomplish more with your fifth place vote? Actually genuinely voting for who you think was the fifth best comeback player of the year or voting for a guy who like beat death because I'm going to pick the vote for Tamar Hamlin. I think that's the way cooler vote. I think that the yeah. other losers who voted for like random dudes should have voted for Demar Hamlin instead. Yeah. I don't know if I would have voted him highly on mine, uh, given that I would have would have had to given a lot of thought to it, but he definitely would have been on my ballot. All right, so that brings us to the end of the awards, which puts us into the predictions. So I started on the award. Oh, sorry, actually, hold on. I always forget this part. Super Bowl. Super Bowl and worst record. Um, yes. We, 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 let's lump this in with the awards, so I'll just keep going first so you can start with the predictions. Sure. Worst record. I picked the, uh, the ever-reliable Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions... Did not have the the Detroit Lions didn't have the worst record in the NFC North. Um, the worst record though did come out of the NFC North, and that was the Chicago Bears, who finished yeah. three and fourteen. Close race, close race. Shout out Lovey Smith, who went for a two point conversion and uh, got himself a win as he knew he was about to be fired and fucked the Texans out of the first overall pick. God That's bless. Awesome. Um, who did you have for um, worst record? Uh, playoff team, Seattle Seahawks. That really is like the, the Geno yeah. effect. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, my Super Bowl prediction was pretty out there, although I will say both teams did make it to the playoffs, so I'll take some credit for that, although that's a pretty low bar. Um, and I had the Baltimore Ravens beating the New York Giants. Hey, at least uh, at least those teams made the playoffs. Who'd you have? I had the Bills and the Bucks, which they both did make the playoffs. I don't really know what I was getting at. Um, regardless, neither of those teams made the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, bad. I mean, well, that's part of the bold prediction part. Those picks certainly were bold. Um, yeah. And that brings us into the predictions part of it, so... Fire away, buddy. Give me your first I, I, I would actually like to retort. Uh, those were not bold. It was the AFC favorite and the reigning Super Bowl champion. So, um, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. Actually, I guess that was two years ago now. Right? Was it the Rams last year? 
Oh, wait, it was the Rams last year. I said the Bucks too. But yeah, the Bucks was two years ago. It was the Rams last year over the Rams over the Bengals, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Bengals lost. Anywho. Anywho, old predictions. Number one, less than half of the teams who won the division in 2021 repeat. I call it out the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Bills. Exactly half of the teams who won the division in uh, 2021 repeated. So first incorrect prediction on the board. Okay. I have as my first bold prediction – that Tom Brady does not retire. I had picked this bull prediction because every year before this, Tom Brady, I said, would retire. And every year he did not retire. So this year I was like, fuck it. It was a big deal that he said he was going to retire and then didn't. So my bold prediction this year is that he doesn't retire. And he retired. That's genuinely completely forgot that is fucking hilarious this was the year of fuck josh i picked no jets because i always pick jets and the answer was jets and i said tom brady's not going to retire because every year i said tom brady would end up retiring and i would pick like he'd retire in disgrace and tom brady retired in disgrace the first losing season of his career it wasn't his fault but like still his first losing season of his career and got bounced out of the playoffs real big like it would have <laughs> i hate myself so much but whatever uh, yeah, no good. You deserve it. Give All me your right. next number one. two. An NFL record thirty players reach one thousand receiving yards. Josh, do you want to take a guess at how many players had one thousand receiving yards? Fifteen. There was twenty nine in twenty nineteen. That was the previous. <laughs> I still will say fifteen. Uh, twenty two. Ah, went down. Uh, you you were playing the prices right, sir. That is not the game that we played. Um, yeah, it was thirtieth uh, was Drake London of all people with eight hundred and sixty six receiving yards. Okay. So no good. No good. Over two. All right, I had that Davis Mills performs better than Deshaun Watson. Now, uh, you'll have to be the, the, the ultimate judge on this one because, yeah, I have I have their stats uh, because, you know, Deshaun Watson did not play a full season. Uh, Davis Mills played and started 15 games, went 3, 10, and 1, led the NFL in interceptions with 15, had 17 touchdowns, um, 31 sacks for 244 yards, a quarterback rating of 78.8 which is like not fantastic. Uh 61% completion percent. So like a pretty low end of mediocre year. Uh Deshaun Watson started and played in 6 games, went 3 and 3. He had a 58% completion percent, so th- about 3 points lower than Davis Mills. 7 touchdowns and 5 interceptions, but going by the percentages, it's a 4.1 TD percent uh to Davis Mills 3.5 and it's a 2.9% interception percent versus Davis Mills 3.1. So slightly better in both of those uh, respects. His quarterback rating was 79.1, which is 0.3 points better than Davis Mills. Um, He was sacked 20 times in his six games, which it feels impossible, but I'm looking right at it. Um, That's a lot worse uh, on a rate basis. 10.5% to Davis Mills, 6.1. Uh, 
Um, yeah, yards per uh, game, Deshaun Watson. Sorry, real quick, 183 for Deshaun and uh, 207 for Davis Mills. Go ahead. I will say that I think Davis Mills outperformed Deshaun Watson. You can definitely have arguments for either uh, as far as rate stats or cumulative, you know, season. But Deshaun Watson is a guy with incredibly high expectations, was throwing to Amari Cooper, David Njoku, you know, like real receivers while Davis Mills was throwing to me. I was the old, receiver old for the, man the Texans this Cooks. year. Yeah, so I, I will give the edge to Davis Mills. Davis Mills loves getting edged, so works for uh, me. You are. Yes. You're uh, a Ten teams fail to reach six wins. It's never happened any time in the last ten years. Usually there's seven or eight. Um, there were... Uh, I think like the, uh, there were a ton. Not close to getting this right. One, two, three. One moment. Four, Hold, please. Five, six. Wait. So not good. Wait. I think I actually did get this one. Wait, oh, ten was... teams. There were six. Yeah. Six wins. Yes. Ten teams with six wins. Yes. No good. No good. No good. Um, this one I got right too. I'm I'm two for for my last two here. Uh, the Colts finish worse this year with Matt Ryan as a result of him than they did last year with Carson Wentz. Um, the finishing worst part is irrefutable because last yeah. year the uh, Indianapolis Colts were nine and eight, second in the AFC South. And this year they were four twelve and one, <laughs> just so bad. Frank Wright got fired, and Jeff Saturday finished one and seven the rest of the way. Like, and that so Ryan bad. was fucking abysmal. Wow, good prediction, Matt Ryan. Uh, in twelve games, which he started all of them, then ended up getting benched for Sam Ellinger, and then eventually Nick Foles coming back into the fray here because uh, he is not retired. <laughs> um. 67% completion percent. I don't remember it. 3,057 yards, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, Got sacked 38 times for 287 yards. Uh, The quarterback rating isn't horrible, 83.9, but I don't know how because those interceptions, going one-to-one with your touchdowns and interceptions is not a good thing. Um, This is a David Mills-esque performance, which is bad. Especially compared to last year's Carson Wentz, who, as we said, 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, just worse all over the place. So points for Josh. Two two rounds of points for Josh. And this was, I will remind everyone, a bold prediction at the time because we all said this was a step in the right direction for both teams, both parties. Matt Ryan was doing better than the, the Falcons were around him in Atlanta. And Carson Wentz was dragging down a good Colts team in Indianapolis. And so this seemed like a perfect meshing that, wow, uh, did not pan out. 
I, I will give you a full round of applause. You deserve a gold star for that prediction. Thank you. Thank that you. was one of the better ones we've had on here. Um, Number four for me, Josh Allen beats Peyton Manning's single-season touchdown record, and Ooh. the Bills set the all-time scoring record. Well, the Bills were over 10 points a game shy of that record, so they – did not come close. <laughs> you were high on Josh Allen coming into the year, huh? High, yeah. Nope. Nope. Brian Dable, please go back. It's it's so funny reading these things. And we do this in the middle of the year, too, and still, like, I forget it. It's so funny listening to these things and remembering, like, the headspace we were at. When we're right, especially. The headspace we were at when we made these. Because it's mm-hmm. so, like sanded down from where we are today we're like yeah matt ryan was bad all season we spent a whole six seven months talking about how bad matt ryan was so it's like yeah of course he made the colts worse but like when that trade happened it didn't sound like it and like for you to say that the josh allen was going to beat the touchdown record it's like yeah josh allen was amazing but we spent so long talking about like geez josh allen isn't playing as well without brian table that now that prediction feels obvious which is what this segment is about so like you know if you told me today, Matt Ryan is a bad quarterback, I would say, of course, yeah, like that's indisputable fact. Matt Ryan sucks. You asked me six months ago, if Matt Ryan was a bad quarterback. I'd be like, I don't think he is. I think he's, you know, still got the arm, still able to make the plays, you know, going to have a good team around him this year. I think he's going to be totally fine, maybe even above average. Nope. Nope. No. Maybe just it's true no. then. It's true now. Yeah, nope. Uh, my next one is uh, that the Dolphins win the AFC East. No, they did wow. not. Came close though. Came they came one a lot closer. Two head injuries, close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one or two lawsuits and a handful of CGE close. Oof. Yeah, but they have a much better head coach than I would have thought. Yeah. Uh... Big, big thumbs up to uh, Mike McDaniel. Seems, seems pretty cool. Next up for me, Saquon Barkley leads the NFL in scrimmage yards. Giants still have a losing record. This is a double no for me. Uh, Giants went to the playoffs. Saquon Barkley finished seventh in scrimmage yards. So he did have a comeback campaign. I can still give it to him there. Um, but he was 400 yard, 403 yards behind Josh Jacobs, who had 2,053. So close, yet so incredibly far away. Yeah. Uh, my next one's really fun because it, it's right and it's funny, um, which is just like the perfect combination. Um, Baker Mayfield gets benched for Sam Darnold. Which was a hilarious prediction because they were both on the same team and Sam Darnold had been, you know, bad when he was finishing his season with the Jets and he was bad in his first season with Carolina. But there there was a lot of hype around Baker Mayfield, kind of like that same Matt mm-hmm. Ryan to Indianapolis kind of thing. Um, And so it was like, ah, oh, maybe maybe Baker will find it there. And 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 um. Darnold was hurt. So it's like, yeah, he'll get time to play. Uh yeah, Baker, Baker was was bad. Baker, Baker was no good. And 
got benched and Sam like Baker Mayfield started six games and Sam <laughs> Darnold started six games. Um, My only question is he was, was he the first quarterback he was benched for or was there an in-betweener that also got benched? So this is what I'm currently in the midst of verifying because uh, Baker Mayfield's starts were also spread around with PJ Walker. But what I am now discovering is uh, Baker Mayfield started the week 11 game against the Ravens after again, trading starts on and off with PJ Walker a little bit. And then in week 12, Sam Darnold started the game against the Broncos. So I it may have been injury that PJ Walker got the starts. And then Sam Darnold know. played, started yeah. again, week 14 against the Seahawks. Then. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, will, I will still give this to you because Baker Mayfield was playing. And then yes, he was not he was playing benched. because Sam Darnold was playing. And yes. <laughs> Boom. Got it right. Full points. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 0 for 5 so far. Number 6. Gonna change up. Micah Parsons finishes the year with 20 sacks. Hold that thought. Um, unfortunately, Micah Parsons finished with 13 and a half sacks, six and a half short. Was definitely used as a pass rusher more, just did not get home quite as uh, high of a rate as he did last year, but uh, still close. Not really close. Six and a half sacks is a ton of sacks. That's a loss. It's so many <laughs> so sacks. Many sacks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a full season of sacks. Um, yeah, my my next one is fun because it was almost true and then it wasn't, and then it was almost true again and then it wasn't. Um, which is the Raiders trade Derek Carr. Oh. So this was a really damn. fun one. This was a really fun one because it was almost true about halfway through the season, and then it just kind of didn't happen, whether the trade partners didn't line up or what. It was kind of uncertain. And then it became a big offseason thing at the beginning, right at the start of the offseason of, can the Raiders find a trade partner, and will Derek Carr okay it? And it became a whole big thing because Derek Carr said, fuck you to the Raiders. And I was like, I want this to be as difficult. I'm not okaying a trade because of my no trade clause because I want you to suffer because you're treating me poorly. Because the, the thinking there is if Derek Carr accepts a trade, then the Raiders can move some of the his salary to the other team, get some, some draft picks back, all this type of stuff that helps mitigate that loss versus what they had to do to move on from him, which is cut him. And when he gets cut, he gets to keep getting paid by the Raiders, can sign with any team he wants, and just collect that minimum from the other team. I remember calling you fucking crazy for this because, yeah, obviously, like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, I was... For sure, at some point, he was going to be traded. So that's, uh, hey, I'll call sorry. This is the best way to be wrong in that I was almost right twice. <laughs> like, it was a fun watch. But yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. Your turn. Next up for me, number seven. 
Jameis Winston throws for more than 35 touchdowns, fewer than 17 interceptions in <laughs> yeah. route to a double-digit win season. He did throw for less than 17 interceptions. Doesn't count. Um, doesn't come close. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count at all. No. Yeah. So, my next one. This is my hedge for the the Jets awards one because I got uh, I got annoyed that the Jets I I, I wasn't going to pick the Jets for the awards because they never win. So my hedge here was that any Jets player gets major awards consideration, and. Not only did four Jets players get Multiple. major awards consideration, two of them won. Yeah, so I got that right. Josh, how many have you gotten correct so far? Four. Four out of six. Insane. Sorry, four to seven. Um, my bad. Number eight. Kenny Pickett wins at least three games against AFC North teams. He won two. He went two and two against the AFC North. Uh, fucked the Browns up, but uh, got beat by the Ravens, got beat by uh, the Bengals. So this one was genuinely close. Those games were within grasp, but uh, didn't get it done. But hey, he won every other game against non-AFC North opponents. So any pick, it's a fucking winner. Um, My next one is... John Gruden gets a job. Just that. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, I've been, I've well, been Googling unemployed. You don't know what he's doing down at the beach in Santa Monica. Could be selling snow Santa cones. Monica. <laughs> but in the NFL, did not get a job. No. No, he did not. In fact, in my Googling, I found a story... In which uh, people were saying that John Gruden's hiring with the Raiders, that Tom Brady was supposed to go to the Raiders until John Gruden got hired and then backed out because he didn't want to play for Gruden. That's funny. That is very funny because it's two bananas people that you would have assumed would just mesh under the guise of they are fucking lunatics, but I guess they didn't want to be. No, because they're such totally different types of guys. I don't know. I I couldn't see that matchup. Uh, I've also met met neither of them, so fuck it. Number nine for me, Justin Tucker. I spelled Tucker's. Justin Tucker's attempts a 70-yard field goal. He he didn't do the thing. Do you have the list of his attempts in front of you? Like I'm wondering what now his longest one was. I can pull it up. Justin Justin Tuckerino. Tucker, not on the list. There it is. Nope. Justin Turner. I want Tucker. Justin Turner did not attempt any 70-yard field goals this year. That is for sure. And yet, Mets fans are excited to have him. And I can't figure out why. He's not even kicking. Um, you don't have, like, a wall? You don't have that anywhere? I've got that long dick. Yeah, he had, let's see, how many 50-yarders? He was 9 of 14 from 50-plus yards, but it does not show a long. Ah, that's a shame. Oh, well. 
Um, yeah, my my next one is another one that was so so close to being right and was not. Um, no passer breaks five thousand passing yards. Um, how many passers do you think Corwin broke a thousand five thousand passing yards? How many? One. Just one. Can you name who it is? Um, man, it's between. I'll say Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes. It had to be him. Yeah, I, my my MVP pick, who won MVP, fucked my bull prediction. I'm not sure which one I would have rather have had. I think I would have rather had the bull prediction be right. Uh, but he was only one. He uh, he led the passers by a lot. 500 yards separates him from number two, Justin Herbert, who finished with uh, 4,739. Pat Mahomes, 5,250. Uh, Pat Mahomes, very good at football. Uh, and this bull prediction, not right. This is his second 5,000-yard passing uh, season. That's pretty fucking good. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. My final prediction. Tyler Murray has a clear downturn following the October 28th release of the new Call of Duty from... September 11th until the 20th of October, the the only games he played prior to the release, he had uh, he averaged what 166 yards? Oh, 238 yards. Excuse me. And just uh, in an attempt to. In an attempt to walk. working. He uh he had several very good games following its release, uh, but was injured for the rest and did not get to finish out the season. It was not a clear downturn. He had his two best two best games afterwards. So this is a no for me. I'm over ten a, and only got one prediction correct. Although this is a really weird position the Cardinals find themselves in. I don't know what next. They, we haven't really talked about them a lot because they've they've been bad, so they haven't like been in the playoff discussion or anything like that. But they also haven't been, um, the worst team. Like there's been mm-hmm. other bad teams for us to kind of like sink our teeth into. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals were not good this year, um, and have changed over like their head coach, and um, you know Kyler Murray didn't. Like got hurt, but also didn't take the steps forward that we were expecting him to. But how much of that was him getting hurt? You know, it's um a weird, weird position that the Cardinals are currently in. I don't think the outlook on next season should be very high. But it's also who the fuck knows. I have very little faith in Kingsbury, so I think uh, Gannon will be a good improvement. Um, frankly, though, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I don't know if Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Oh, that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking too. I, I feel like this I is his. Know. This is either going to show him to be Carson Wentz 2.0 or not, because it's basically the Carson Wentz storyline so far, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Pretty good his first year, killed it the second one. Bad slash injured the third. So, I mean, we got to wonder who their Jalen Hurts is going to be. 
Drama. They trade up for Bryce Young this year. No, I feel like I've been hearing Bryce Young's name for years, but that must not be right. Um, you probably have. He's been good for a while. It's weird to know the name of a random child in a different state than you. <laughs> uh, he's an adult. He's he's not a child. He's an adult if in the 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 legal sense, which is like the he worst pays, way to be an adult. Taxes probably. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I don't want to have to refer to someone as an adult just because they're legally an adult. I'd like for them to be a full-fledged adult. Be an adult. Yeah, yeah. He's legal. Uh, anyway, my last bowl prediction was not true. No points, not even partial credit. No pass rusher breaks, 15 sacks. Um, Five players had 15 or more sacks. Corman named them. Oh, named them. All right, Miles Garrett. He is one of them. He had 16, second most. Nick Bosa. He had the most, 18.5. Looking for three through five here. Hmm, Actually, number three is tied with number two, I should say. Someone's tied with Miles Garrett. Um, I I don't know this for sure, but I'll say Hassan Reddick first. Hassan Reddick tied with Miles Garrett with 16. I... I don't know if Aaron Donald had a very good year. Not in the sack department. I would department. be stupid. Okay, never mind. I'm going to say not Aaron Donald. Um, I can give you Max two. Crosby. Both, uh, good pick, eighth, 12.5. Okay. What was the tip you were going to give me? Both teams are in the AFC. AFC teams. Okay. Different divisions, though. I'll say... Ooh, okay. Okay, okay, I can get this. I I feel very confident. I, I feel like once I this. give you the teams, you're gonna get it immediately. I don't. I don't want you to give me the teams. I don't want to um, do it either. I'm just kind of running through them. I'll say Joey Bosa. No Joey Bosa's. Okay. Um, I don't want to. I don't. I I want to keep rambling. Oh, oh, the guy from the the Patriots, uh, Zadarius Smith. Not that guy from the Patriots, but one of these two guys is oh. a Patriot. Um, who's the other guy that he loves his country? What? Who am I missing? Udafe? No. What's his fucking name? You want me to give it to you? Yes. Yeah, Matt Judon. Matt. Oh, he was in my head. I was like, ah, fuck. I don't think he went there. I think he played he somewhere else. He had fifteen point five. One other guy had fifteen point five. The last name. He's in the AFC West. Oh. Who is that man? Not Max Crosby. Not Joey Bosa. I don't think it would be anybody from the uh, the Broncos. So I guess Chris Jones. Chris Jones, fifteen point five. Right. <sighs> so it was four dudes away from being right. Person. If if everyone had, a, had finished with fourteen and a half sacks or fewer, then I was one two uh, plus three is five plus four is nine. I was nine sacks away. Nine total sacks away from getting this one right. 
which is a, a lot of sacks. It's a lot. It's a lot of sacks to be wrong by. Even nine sacks spread across five players is a lot of sacks. It's, it's a lot of sacks to be wrong by. So no, no, no points here. Sacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not it's too many sacks. I had too many sacks, and you had not enough sacks. Uh yeah. So all in all, uh, I uh, I did pretty well. I did pretty well in my bullet predictions. Not so well in the awards, but uh, pretty well in the bullet predictions. Four you, to ten. Uh, you didn't you didn't have a bunch of gimmies either. Uh, you had some some real good calls there. So I'm proud of you. I basically picked the Tom Brady not retiring one to spite myself. If I picked the Tom Brady to retire one like I did every other year, I would have been 50-50. For me, it was just a year of the Sauce Gardner. I doubled up on Sauce Gardner and uh, got everything else wrong. Sauce pays dividends, my friend. Yeah, dude. Sauce makes me feel like such an idiot for believing in Jamal Adams. (laughs) Sauce is who I wanted Jamal Adams to be. Very fair. Yeah. Anywho. Man, um, I haven't heard his name in a while. Deservedly so. Mm. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, let's get out of here. All right. Well, if you have any uh, questions, comments, or what have you, you can uh, shoot them on over to us uh, via email at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to a podcast about movies, you can check us out at Juicing the Big Screen at uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can use at Juicing Pod. If you'd like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can use at Corbin Heller. To follow myself on Twitter, so at Joshua D. Tracy. Uh, and until Monday, potentially, potentially, uh, y'all have a good one. Bye.